Hello, and welcome to the Double Double. My name is Kelly Hogan, and joining me, as always, David Dixon. David, what's up? What's going on, Kelly? Beautiful day here in the city, just coming off an incredible Game 5 and the 6. And we, we got a lot of thoughts. A lot happened, good, good and bad. Yeah, there was a, a game took place. The Warriors are going to live to see another day. But Kevin Durant's all signs point that he tore his Achilles. And for a 30-year-old, that is a brutal injury, especially for a guy who is now going to be a free agent. I mean, you just you feel so bad for him in terms of just the fact that you never want to see anyone get hurt, but the Achilles is such a brutal injury that it's just so rare that players are able to come back from it, especially a player of his age because he is over 30 now and he's a seven-foot-tall guy. But this is just, I think, maybe the worst uh, physical injury you could have. Obviously, when you have stuff like Chris Bosh have with the blood clots and like truly life-threatening stuff, that's obviously worse. But in terms of just a physical injury you could sustain on the basketball court, this has to be as bad as you can get. No doubt. I've been hard on Katie in the past. I have a lot of respect for him even trying to play. And Bob Myers, we can talk about his his press conference in a little bit after the game, but one of the things that he mentioned was KD is he's kind of misunderstood. And obviously we've all seen KD's social media presence and how he's, you know, sensitive, probably overly sensitive. But I mean, to an extent, are we all kind of, you know, sensitive? And here's a guy who's he's 30 years old, reaching his apex. And LeBron has been the king of the NBA for years. And all of a sudden, Kevin Durant is ready to take that crown. And this happens. And it's honestly, it's fair to question whether or not he can get back to being one of the top players in the world. Because, I mean, look no further than his teammate, DeMarcus Cousins. Obviously, Boogie wasn't the level of player that Kevin Durant was. But he suffered that injury. And then all of a sudden, his career you know, went in a downward spiral, and I'm just, I'm hoping that doesn't happen to KD. Yeah, you know, the you, the Cousins point is very interesting because you saw Cousins get hurt almost immediately after returning from from that uh, Achilles injury, so so you don't really know whether he's still being bogged down by the Achilles or the quad or if it's some combination of both, but you, you have to imagine that's going to take at least 12 months from now for KD to be close to where he is now. Uh, as a player, so that's basically all of next season. If, even if he returns in say February after the All Star game, uh, it's it's just hard to imagine him being the same guy. And I hope he can prove us all wrong. But this is just that that type of injury where you see with these great players and these great athletes in in basketball, where you know it's the start of a major decline because physically they're just not the same anymore. And I think he's at a big advantage from his size and the way he can shoot. Maybe he can transition into more of a standstill shooter, but I think it'll be really hard to imagine him, you know, in the Dominique Wilkins type recovery where he can return to the same type of being able to drive by guys and dunking on people and great dribble moves. It, it, this, I think this will be the start of maybe a transition in the way that KD plays a bit. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Neek is really the only guy who I can recall off the top of my head who came back from the injury and really kind of returned to that all-star level of play. Most of the guys suffer this injury and basically fall off of a cliff. Mm-hmm. I mentioned Bob Myers before, and in his press conference, he said, blame me. 
And I'm just kind of curious, you know, Katie is a grown man and he can, he can make his own decisions, but a lot of probably what he was basing his status off of was the information he was getting from Golden State's medical staff. And I was reading something today and heard, I think it was Rachel Nichols mentioned that the training staff had told Steve Kerr that Kevin Durant, if he were to go out there and play, he had already gotten past all of the hurdles and there was nothing more he could do to his lower leg. So as long as he could play through the pain, he would be, if he, if he felt comfortable going out there to play, they gave him the green light to go out there and play. What do you think about just the way Golden State handled this? Do you think they, they deserve any blame in this? You know, that's a really interesting question. And, and, and I think it's really tough because you have a guy who, by all accounts, just loves to play basketball. And it makes sense. It's his profession. It's, it's what he loves to do. And he has a chance to win a championship right now. And, and he can't play. And, you know, maybe he, it, maybe he's thinking if like, I could play like for my teammates and, and to win a championship. And I think it's almost the responsibility of the Warriors to hold him back. I think they were doing that really well. But then once they were down 3-1, I just feel like KD pushed his way back onto the court. I think that was the, the situation where, and I think Bob Myers kind of relented the way that he responded in the press conference by being so emotional and saying that if any there's anyone to blame, blame him because he's the director of basketball operations for for the Warriors. And I think he makes the final call on that stuff. I think Myers could have said, "No, you're not playing. We're not jeopardizing it. Like you're not ready to play." But I think I think KD pushes way back on the court. I think it's human nature with the Warriors, and they're so competitive as as professionals that you're down three one on the road. It's you know no one wants to lose a championship. And if Katie's saying he can go, he can go, he can go. And I think it's a really hard spot facing elimination for the wars to, to hold him back in that situation. Especially when it appears that he's he might jettison the team in free agency. But that's kind of what I want to get to next. How do you think this affects his free agency? Kind of what I've heard today and some of the talking heads, I, I didn't really have much time to to listen. But the consensus seems to be that they're all thinking that Kevin Durant should opt in. And I kind of thought to the contrary that he should secure the guaranteed money that he can get now because I think there will be some teams out there willing to offer him a max contract. I think he should go that route, whether it's from Golden State or elsewhere, and secure that money because if he comes back post-Achilles injury and all of a sudden isn't anything near the Kevin Durant of old, which is certainly a possibility – not a probability, but it's certainly in the cards. That would totally hurt his value and hurt what he can make on the open market. So while opting in guarantees him over $30 million for next year, I think a team out there would be willing to give him, Golden State can offer him five years and $200 plus million. He can go elsewhere and get four for about $140. i am not sure... I would just take the one-year guaranteed deal and rehab if I'm Kevin Durant. I think I would try to secure as much money as I can get now while also going to a situation in which I can win. It's, it's interesting to hear that because I kind of think differently, M- maybe just because I'm overreacting to the, to the injury since it only happened yesterday, but and it looked really bad. You know, if, if I'm another NBA team, I'd be really hesitant to commit five-year max money to him. And I know that he's one of the 10 best players or 15 best players to ever do it. He's one of the three best players in the world with LeBron and Kawhi. And um, 
I don't know. I would just be a little hesitant to four weeks after his Achilles surgery or three weeks after the the surgery to commit a hundred fifty plus million dollars to him. I, that would make me hesitate. And the thing is, too, is that he can take the player option with the Warriors and kind of do the bookie cousins approach this year. You know where it's. He gets his money. He'll get the thirty plus million dollars, and then he'll rehab. Where, as you know, as as you know, this is kind of funny to, to talk about. But the storyline of are the Warriors better with KD? It's kind of they've proven that they can win at least in the regular season without him. So there's not that much pressure to come back as to save the team in that way. Where if he went to the Knicks, for instance, there'd be a lot of pressure for KD to come back early to help them make the playoffs. You know. Maybe Kevin Durant feels as though with this injury, I'm sure he feels he's capable, but maybe he doesn't want the added pressure in addition to coming off of an injury. If he goes to New York, he's going to be expected to win and perform at a high level. And those expectations are probably unfair for a guy who will be coming off as serious an injury as an Achilles surgery is. And that's definitely true as well. And then also in just in terms of switching teams, you're switching medical staffs too. And so for the last three years with Golden State, he's become accustomed and familiar with their training staff and their medical professionals. So even though he'll probably have surgery with with one of the foot and ankle specialists in in the country, he'll be rehabbing with whatever team he's with. So I think that's a big thing just as just human nature when you're recovering and you're in that type of vulnerable physical state, you want to be with someone that and a group of people that you trust and that you trust that they're going to be the best care instead of trying to build a relationship with a new training staff on a new team it's you stay with the Warriors you stay with the guys that you trust do you trust them though I mean this is they they cleared you to play and you go out and tear your Achilles I understand what you're saying and there's a lot of bad players who make max money so I think you and I are on the same page that if we ran a team we'd be very very hesitant of giving him this money given his age even the style of player that he is, he doesn't totally rely on quickness. Yes, he's quick. Yes, that's obviously to his advantage. But he's a guy who's six foot ten. He can handle. He can shoot. Even if Kevin Durant is seventy percent of the athlete that he was before, he's still a damn good player. And I would not hesitate in believing that some team will offer him the max. So I think it's not a question of if Kevin Durant will get the max this year or this summer, it is from who. Yeah, you know, that's that's a great point and and that's something that I want to bring up too is uh one point and now two questions is as you stole that one from me, which is that I kind of think that now he might stay in Golden State because I think there's a lot of stuff that we don't know about who cleared who. Did the Warriors clear KD? To, to get him back, or did KD push to get cleared? Like, did KD force his way back onto the court, or did the Warriors force his way back on the court? So I think that's an important distinction that we don't know yet. That, that will definitely be leaked out, definitely if he leaves. But I wanted to ask you the same thing. Do you, A, do you think he'll re-sign with the Warriors? And then after your answer, I'll give you my second question. So do I think he'll re-sign with the Warriors? Prior to this, I, like everyone else, pretty much, felt as though he going to New York was a predetermined destination, whether it was the Knicks or Brooklyn. Now that they freed up a little cap space, that that got a little interesting. Yeah. But I think prior to this injury, regardless of what happened, I had the feeling that he was going to leave Golden State. And now after this injury, 
just because I'm of the mind, if I'm Kevin Durant, I want to secure that money and Golden State can offer him the most money. I do think Golden State, as evidenced by Bob Myers' press conference last night, feels somewhat responsible for this injury. I don't think it was out of the question. Actually, it's it's a certainty that prior to this, they, if Kevin Durant came to them and said, I will come back if you give me the max, Kevin Durant would have remained a Golden State Warrior. I think that's still in the cards. Golden State gives him the max, happily continues to play KD alongside Dre, Clay, and Steph, and kind of go from there. But what, what are you thinking on this? So I think it's more likely that he'll opt in for the one year to keep the flexibility. And then, or, or I think that if he does sign with the Warriors, it'll be a short deal, a short max deal, and not a five-year deal. Just because I think that it's the player empowerment era. He wants to have options to to move on. Because I do think that there are some chemistry concerns there. But one question I had to you, and this may just be a crazy idea, but so I was reading a lot about the the Raptors. Obviously, they're in the finals, and and their trainer is very, very well regarded around the league and it's being credited for keeping Kawhi healthy and maybe one of the reasons Kawhi will stay there. What do you think about... Do you think it would be crazy if Katie said, hey, look, I'm going to be out the whole season to make sure that I'm really healthy. I'm going to sign a one-year deal with whoever he thinks is the best training staff in the NBA and then he'll be a free agent. It'll just be a one-year deal. And if I'm a team that has a well-regarded, I, w- I would do the deal because it's kind of like you could try to recruit him on, on, on the team culture while he's there. You have him for a whole year. Even though he's not playing, you have him in your building for a whole year. I think, I think that'd be really interesting. That's a really interesting idea that I had not heard before. So under, under that scenario, you're saying that you think Toronto probably has one of the top training staffs in the NBA? Or to, Toronto, or or let's just say like a team like Memphis. It's just I have no idea, but like let's just say Memphis is known. They have the the best trainers, the best this, the best whatever. And Katie goes, you know what? I'll sign with you for one year, and to basically work with your medical staff. See, but I'm going to circle back to what I said before. If if he does that, he is under the mindset that he's not even sure he's going to be able to recover from this injury and he's, he wants to go to the best training staff to ensure that recovery. And if that is his mindset and there are offers on the table of four years, 150, five years, 200 plus, I don't know how you can turn that down and gamble on the fact that you're going to come back and be close to the same player as you are before. Because if you're not, He's going to have to, I mean, Kevin Durant's going to be able to sleep well at night regardless, but knowing you could have had an extra $200 million in the bank, that's going to be a tough pill to swallow, but that's, you're, you're thinking outside the box, and I like it. I like it a lot. I mean, that's definitely true, but, but let's also remember, Durant is in a very, very fortunate situation where he's made a lot of money in his career, and he makes a lot of money off the court as well, so, it's, so he's not relying so much on his this one paycheck to as a max contract the guy's made a lot of money so yes it's obviously 200 mil it's still 200 million dollars and i and i don't know how anyone would ever turn it down but i'm just saying that i could see durant i think it would be bold i think it'd be kind of cool if he just said you know what i'm going to sign with whoever just to use your training staff and your training facilities or resources and at the end of the year we'll reevaluate and 
because I think that if he can prove that he's back, he'll make the same amount of money. He's still one of the 10 best players of all time or 15 best players. I like where you're coming from, but I mean, let's, let's not get this twisted. This is, he could retire tomorrow and he's definitely a top 25 player of all time. You can make the argument top 20, top 15. If he didn't get hurt, he was on a path to probably becoming the NBA's all-time leading scorer, and that is not hyperbole. Go check the numbers. This th- th- There's a lot of what-ifs in the NBA. If Kevin Durant does not return to form and we are not able to see the Kevin Durant who you could make the argument what was the best player in the NBA this season, it's just I was watching that last night and I was sick. I was sick seeing him on the court being carried off by Andre Godala because he catches a lot of flack and he catches a lot of heat he went out there and played and i mean you can't really ask for more than that no and you have to wonder whether especially from the reaction from the toronto fans by it seemed like they were cheering the injury when it happened and and you know the the defense as well they did get a fast break so maybe they were just cheering the layup or the dunk at the other end but it's you know, when when your own home team players have to basically tell you to to shut up and to stop cheering Durant, who really suffered an injury as he went right to the locker room again, you know, and it's very rare. You know, he got hurt, basically just threw the ball down. And it wasn't like a slip or something. It was that he tried to keep playing. Like, he knew something was wrong right away. And that was just added to the whole gravity of the thing was that it was like, Yes, these guys are superstar athletes and you're rooting for him to lose and miss every shot because you want your team to win. But at the end of the day, he's still a person. And, you know, you that was the that was the hard part for me was was watching them cheer the injury. Yeah, that was tough. And I mean, honestly, the the move he made, it wasn't anything out of the ordinary. It was just kind of a, a typical, you know, side to side cross and took that took that initial burst step and just lost it. But Lost in all of this Kevin Durant talk, there's actually an epic NBA Finals going on right now, Dave. Oh, yeah. Last night was one of the better better basketball games I've seen in a while. One of the best games of the season. Oh, no doubt. And one of my biggest takeaways was just the resiliency of, of Golden State. Because once Kevin Durant went out, they easily could have just folded. They're just so resilient, the Warriors are, so mentally tough. I know that's been the, the tagline this whole day, and... But it, but it's true. It's it's a cliche with them. But sometimes cliches are true. The Ka- Kawhi took over at the end of the game. He went on a three minute run where he scored ten or twelve points in a row, and was putting the the finishing touches on just an epic postseason by saying, "This is this is mine. Like I'm not letting us lose." And a controversial timeout, which we'll talk about in in a little bit. But then it went. Clay, Steph, Clay, threes, and it was just, they were in the lead, and it was just, it was incredible. But the Warriors just find a way that they're just never out of it. They're, they're champions, and they embody that word is that you see a lot of teams at the end of these runs, four or five years, that they start wearing down. And the Warriors aren't wearing down. They're wearing down physically, but not mentally. Definitely not mentally. That run by Kawhi Leonard in the fourth quarter, I think overall, he probably had a subpar game, but that three or four minute run in the fourth quarter that was as close to a michael jordan impersonation as i think we're going to see oh yeah some of those shots were crazy sounded like the roof was going to come off that building 
I was particularly impressed with DeMarcus Cousins. He didn't get the start. Andrew Bogut entered the game before Boogie did. And then once Kevin Durant got hurt, that really threw off Golden State's rotations. So all of a sudden, he's inserted in, and he goes on a 7-0 run by himself. And I think that kind of really started to turn things. And, you know, if Golden State wants a chance in this series, they're going to need some of these bench guys to step up. And, I mean, Boogie, Boogie's a prime candidate in my eyes to, to make an impact and, and really help, help himself heading into the summer. Well, that was the amazing thing about the whole game was that, okay, so Katie comes out. That, that was the other thing is that so the Warriors start the game on fire. And they find themselves only up six at the end of the first quarter. Like they were probably like, "Oh my god, we're playing as well as we can, shooting as well as we can, and we're only up six. So they were probably worried about that. And it looked like Cousins was on his way to, to getting a, a DNP. Was was on his way to to not playing. And then Durant gets hurt, and it's like, okay, well, I, you know, Demarcus, I guess we have to play you. And then he comes out, scores seven or eight in a row. But out. I still think it's a stretch to say that Cousins is going to have a big impact because defensively, he's still a big liability. Totally agree with you. It's definitely a stretch, but I think if Golden State wants to win this series, they are going to need DeMarcus Cousins to tap in to that Sacramento boogie Cousins because they just don't, outside of Clay and Steph, I don't know if they, if they have enough punch offensively. As crazy as that is to say, because Clay and Steph are all-time players, all-time shooters, you need more around them. And we've seen Toronto, just their defensive versatility, able to clamp down the, the Warriors when Kevin Durant's not in the lineup. And these last two games, Toronto Toronto will have two chances to shut down Golden State. And, and they better hope they do it because that would be one epic collapse for a team that hasn't been in this position before to be up 3-1 and blow the lead. I mean, that that, that would be... Golden State is the is the one team who's blew a three one finals lead. So if they were to to come back and and kind of be in the opposite role and, and be the one to overcome a three one deficit, I think that would be uh, you know poetic justice. And if this were the end of the dynasty, that'd be one heck of a way for it to end. And and you know what they say is that sports makes the best movie scripts. You know, like like you can't write sports. So, but I don't think that. That's going to be the storybook ending for the Warriors. I I think the Raptors will will definitely win one of these two these these next two games because when you just go through the box score, the Warriors hit twenty threes, right, and the Raptors hit eight, and they only lost by one. And yeah. you had a bad badish game from Siakam, a weak shooting game from Kawhi. Where I didn't think this was probably. The, the weakest game Kawhi's played all postseason, but except for that one crazy run when he tried to win it, those first three quarters he he wasn't himself. And Danny Green didn't hit a three, so the fact that they were only down by one with a chance to win it at the end of the game, I think bodes well for them going forward. I mean, I I think it's going to be tough for them to go in and win Game Six. I think Golden State has a lot of momentum right now. Even though Kevin Durant's hurt, it's the last game at Oracle. Those fans are going to be rowdy. What do you just? What do you? Who do you think is the favorite heading into Game Six? I would say the Warriors are probably a favorite just because they're at home, but by a very very slim margin. I think the Warriors honestly might be favorites in each individual game from here on out, but collectively, I think the odds are 
more likely than not that the Raptors win the series, if that makes sense. Just because the Raptors have, have two bites at the apple and the, the Warriors really have no margin for error. Yeah, and my Raptors in seven pick just looks better and better by the day. But, you know, obviously I, I didn't foresee the, no one could have foreseen the, or wanted the Durant injury to happen or the Thompson injury. But just just going forward for the Warriors, okay, so, so, so they're going back to Oracle for game six. It's the same question. We know for sure Durant is out. Where do their st- scoring come from? We know Curry and Thompson are, are going to combine for 50 to 60. But where is that next 40 going to come from? Because you can't really rely on Iguodala and Draymond anymore for 20 combined points. You could barely rely on Iggy for like eight. And Jordan Bell can't really play. Cousins is hit or miss because he's such a liability on defense. He may score for you a, a few times, but they attack him so much. Every single time Lowry gets a pick and roll with Cousins, you could, they could just put the ball down and just put the two points on the board. Steph and Clay are going to, I mean, you say 60, I think they might have to push close to 70 combined. This is a team that is, they're in the desert looking for the oasis in terms of just help off the bench. Andre Iguodala and Draymond Green are playing hot potato when they have open three-pointers, not even looking to shoot. So, you know, I think between Siakam, Danny Green, Kyle Lowry, and Kawhi, if they can just alternate time conserve energy and chase Steph and Clay around screens and might make life difficult for them. I might have to come over to the dark side, David. I know I, I chose the Warriors before the series. I think the Warriors will win game six, but my last prediction, I will go Raptors in seven. Good. So when we take the podcast on the road, we'll be both welcomed in Toronto with open arms. But but you know the the thing about the Warriors too that that needs mentioning is Looney also got hurt last night. He got hurt. They ruled him out for the rest of the game. I'm not sure. I haven't read anything today about his status for game six, but if they also don't have Looney, I mean, that's, that's, I was not as big as the Durant blow, but Looney is really good for them. Oh, Looney, Looney's huge. That's a, if you're relying on Andrew Bogut at this point in his career to play big minutes in the finals, uh, no, sir. Listen to this. So the way the, the technicals work in the NBA playoffs, for the seventh technical foul, you get a suspension, and then every other technical foul thereafter, you get suspended. Would you look at this? Draymond Green has six. So I said it'd be poetic justice if the Warriors came back from a 3-1 deficit after blowing one a few years ago. How about there would be no better encapsulation of this run than if Draymond Green picks up a tech in game six, Warriors win, and then they're forced to go back to Toronto, and Draymond Green's got to watch from the sidelines because he's unable to play because he can't control his temper. I mean, he'll have to do something incredibly egregiously bad during game six to, to get it tech because all the refs know that he got suspended in, in 16, and they don't want to do that to him again. You know, you had to suspend him in 16 because he punched LeBron in the, in the crown jewels, but... And he was kicking people and stuff, but I could see them revoking his tech if he does get one in game six. But the last thing, uh, not obviously not the last thing, but one of the things that I wanted to highlight was I think Zach Lowe said this on one of his podcasts, shout out to Low Post, was that Nick Nurse has made in-game adjustments to force Steve Kerr's hand to overplay some of the guys who were banged up. So by going, I think it was in game 
four. Uh, Nurse went back to the box and won for a couple possessions when Thompson was out as a way to say, hey, you have to play Clay Thompson. I know he's banged up, but you have to play him because otherwise we're going to box in one Steph and we're going to dare your other guys to score. And Kerr responded. He immediately put Thompson back in. Thompson played 42 minutes in game five. I could see the Raptors trying to wear down Curry and Thompson. Curry played 41 minutes. In, in game six by doing whatever they can do. It, it seems I weird and not sound strategy, but the to, but to keep them on the floor as much as possible, to wear them out more. The reason the Raptors were so successful when they were in Golden State the first time around in games three and four is they knew Golden State was the, they were depleted. They played very quickly in the first half of those games. Ran, Steph, Clay, Draymond, not Clay in game three, into the ground. And then all of a sudden, the second half comes around, and because the Raptors have so much depth, they're able to really hit the accelerator, and the Warriors don't have that extra gear. You know, when, when you're playing, when you really only trust six or seven guys, and they, it might not even be that many guys, there's really no conserving energy. Not at all. Especially in a playoff game, these guys have to go out and give maximum effort. And, I mean, you speak of Nick Nurse making some in-game adjustments. He did the box in one. Steph Curry called it a janky defense. Did you see the triangle in two last night? He pulled out in the fourth quarter. Yeah. He did it a possession or two, puts goes triangle in two, puts one guy on Clay, one guy on Steph, and the other three guys are just playing a, a one-two zone. And I mean it, it kind of stifled it's kind of stifled the Warriors. So Nick Nurse is not afraid to, you know, make some decisions that if they backfire, he's going to look foolish. But so far They've worked, and janky or not, he's a large reason as to why the Raptors are, I mean, one game away from an NBA championship. And I mean, if you're Nick Nurse, one of the plays that stuck out to me last night was there was a possession where Andre Iguodala caught the ball on the right wing, wide open, wide open, was a wide open three, and Curry was running to that near side corner with Iguodala, and Danny Green cut across the court to stay with Curry and stayed with Curry for his whole run and never even fainted a stunt at, at Iguodala, just stayed with Curry the whole time. And Iggy didn't even shoot. He then swung it to Green, who hit a contested three. So Nick Nurse is watching these guys and how they're reacting when they're wide open. And he's like, well, if they're not going to shoot and they're going to pass to a worse shooter who's going to take something contested, I know Green made that shot, but if you're going to take a below-average shooter wide open who won't shoot, who will pass it to a bad shooter who's guarded and will shoot, over time, that's going to work out for the Raptors. And as much praise as we're giving Nick Nurse, you kind of mentioned it earlier, but that timeout that he called, it was Toronto was, I think they were down as many as, what was it? Was it 16? Yeah. They were down a lot last night, and Nick Nurse calls a timeout after Kawhi just goes MJ and leads them back from that deficit to go up six. The building is electric, calls a timeout. He says his players need rest. Well, guess who else needs rest, Nick? Steph? Clay, Draymond, they're going to benefit from rest just as much as Kawhi. And in fact, when Kawhi is isolating, his teammates are pretty much stationary on the on the wings and and it, in on the block. So it's I, I didn't I just didn't really like that call. It, it kind of killed the momentum when Toronto had all of it. And I think if he had a mulligan, he probably would have just kept that timeout in his back pocket. 
But the the one thing that I did read in the post game was that so the NBA has that rule where under three you only get a maximum of two timeouts. So they had three, so they were going to lose that timeout anyway. So I think Nurse just by you know creature of habit as as coaches are called that timeout uh, just because that that's what he's so used to doing. And did they need it? Did, did they not need it? Who knows? He knows his team better than, than we do. And you wish, and you know, you're going to play the what if game now, but if, you know, what if instead of the timeout, they come down and turn over and Steph hits a three in transition? That seems way worse. Well, why did you call a timeout? Your team is gassed, you know? But I think Nick Nurse deserves a lot of credit. I think he's out coaching Kerr. And partially is due because he has a, a full deck and Kerr is playing with half deck, 60% of a deck. I mean, as a coach, you're only as good as your players. Yeah. And at this point, the Raptors are more healthy or healthier than Golden State. And, you know, Steve Kerr, he can be he can be Phil Jackson. But if Kevin Durant's hurt, Clay Thompson is a little hindered, it's... I mean, you, you hate to feel sorry for the Warriors and make it sound like, oh, they, they're they depleted of all-stars because they have, they have all-stars and MVPs in reserve at times. But this is a team that is they're, – they're certainly not the team that we've seen all season, and they're just scratching and clawing and fighting to get this game back to Toronto for Game 7. I mean, yeah. You're only as good as your players. That's that's a great line. And what the, what the Warriors and Kerr has proven is that it's rare to see Kerr and the Warriors lose faith in a lot of guys. And he lost faith in Jordan Bell last night. He's lost faith in McKinney. And he lost faith in Cousins before he had to. And I really wonder if in game six, it's, it's on the line, are they going to play 11 guys again? You know, Yurekbo's the only guy, and he's definitely lost all the confidence. He's the only guy who didn't play last night for the, for the Warriors. So I don't know if they can how long they can stay with trusting everyone. The strength in numbers mantra has been their calling card, but I don't know how much longer they can stay with it. I think this is an opportunity for Steph Curry to really, you know, make his mark. He's historically one of the best shooters of all time. If he is able to will Golden State to the finals, this would be one heck of an accomplishment. And you could make the argument that this would be the greatest accomplishment of his career. Oh, 100%. If, if they're able to win this, everyone on the team, this is their career highlight. I have Raptors in seven, and I think you do as well, correct? Of course. I can't change now. You had it pre-series. I know. I'm, I'm a traitor at this point, but Warriors in six is mathematically impossible, so I'm I'm hopping on your bandwagon. Hey, the, the bandwagon still has plenty of seats. Drake's riding. Drake's, Drake's driving the train, baby. How many people do you think after that game last night in Jurassic Park were just like, I'm not going to leave. I'm just staying here till Thursday. I think there were a couple. Couple? Oh, 30%. They had to like exit, and then they, you know, how like what when you exit after a great movie and you're like, could I sneak back in for the next showing? It's only in 25 minutes. If I just stay outside, hang out, act like I'm on my phone, like I could get back in. Uh, I feel like they were doing the same thing. 25 minutes in three days is, is kind of a big difference, but uh, those fans up in Toronto are crazy, so I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past them. But we live in a world where you know a lot of people can work from their cell phones and work and work remotely. So if, if you are in a fortunate enough spot where you don't need to go into the office, why not, man? It's 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 the NBA Finals. It's the first championship for uh, for the great country of Canada. That'll do it for this episode of the Double Double. Thank you everyone for listening. 
If you wouldn't mind, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Five stars would be much appreciated. If you have any feedback for the show, good, bad, or indifferent, you can send us an email. Our email account is doubledouble402 at gmail.com. You can also be reached on Twitter, where our handle is dbl underscore dbl podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Take care and make it a great day.